This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the southwest to the northeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. Um, hey, how are you? Good, how are you today? Uh, you're, she's asking me before the show, <coughs> excuse me, what are we going to talk about? I'm, so, I'm not telling you. She goes... I need to know what we're going to talk about. Well, I know what we're going to talk about. Do you? As far as what I set up, yes. But as oh, far you know the guests we're having on, but you don't yes. know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I have a feeling. Do you? Yeah, I think you're going to pick on me for something. <laughs> Why am I going to pick on you? Because <laughs> you love it. Jordan and I set a whole bunch of stuff up for you this week. Oh, thank you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Um, so did you like the sound that the, um, UX made? Yes. So, uh, Lexus UX, we drove in today. It's the, uh, F Sport yeah. version. Mm-hmm. And so they gave it a little bit of oomph. Two, it's a small two liter engine, mm-hmm. but it makes a nice little, you know, growly a sound. A V8 there. sound, yeah. No, no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> okay, it's V6. Close. V6. V6. Two, two liter, two liter four cylinder, maybe a little bit more of a, it's a little less than a Exactly. The whiny. It's a little more of a <laughs> and today, Car Impressions brought to you by the Lexus UX. I was going to say, was that a goat sound? Ooh. <laughs> so apparently the Lexus UX, according to Jen, sounds like a no, goat. No, I said you sounded <laughs> like a goat. <laughs> oh, good. Well, apparently Jen loves me. It's uh, it's the entry-level Lexus SUV for everybody that enjoys it. Very nice uh, little vehicle. And uh, I think a nice little attribution to the uh, Lexus brand. Just making words up there, just mm. in case you hadn't noticed. Mm. Um to, I played Jen the promos of her, uh, what? <laughs> it's about you getting sick in the car when I drive. I didn't make you sick today. Oh, it's hilarious that that's going to be our promo. It's funny because here's the deal. I, uh, I play you the promo and then we get in the car and come to the station and you mind, I can feel you minding your P's and Q's. You're like, I'm not going to do anything because he's going to make fun of me in the car. We get to the station, the mic goes open, and then he's like making fun of me because I throw up in the car when he drives fast. I take a little two-liter engine, four-cylinder to the station. I could have taken the V8 with 617 horsepower. And you should have. No, I'd take a nice conservative car so you don't throw up on the way to the station. Such a sweetheart. I know. You finally understood that it's all about you, Jen. Uh, Pack show today. You're going to really enjoy being uh, being uh, spending some time with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Acura MDX is here. The 2022. I took it to Acura of Portland. It's a little bit of a trip from my house. It was like 1974, and school was out. I drove it into the parking lot. <laughs> The doors open and everybody in the dealership flooded out. Have you ever seen those pictures of school, you know, breaking yes. out and all the kids running out like, yeah, last day of school, you know, yes. like, like just kids flooding out into the parking lot. That's what it was like. 
every single dealer, dealer, salesman, mechanic, you know, support service staff, they flooded out. It was like, it was just uh, my heart sang. They were so excited, so excited to see it. May have been a mistake to take it because I hope I don't get in trouble with Acura, but they really enjoyed it. Uh, The car, by the way, is going to put me out of a job. It can review itself. We're going to get to that in a little while. I'll tell you more. I'll tell you more. It's going to put me out of a job. Uh, Karina is going to join us. Karina Gonzalez from Acura talking about that. The GLE 53. um, That's going to kick you in the backside. It's a beautiful vehicle. It's a beautiful vehicle. Got lots of power. Amazing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Mercedes just incredible. My buddy Carl from Fox, uh, who's an anchor at Fox, uh, wanted a new vehicle. Let me just tell you, Carl is one of my most close friends. He's a big-time anchor, and he ended up buying a minivan. That story coming later in the show. It's hilarious, and he is hilarious, and this, uh, I can't wait to fill you in on that. We'll talk about some of the vehicles we've been driving. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, really cool BMWs. I still think the new BMW grill on the 4 Series looks like an angry rabbit. And John Quinn's going to tell us why it doesn't, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to talk some serious stuff about how teens are getting themselves into trouble during COVID with their driving skills. And if you thought odometer fraud was something of the past, it is not. It is big time problem, and Carfax is going to tell us why, how it can be identified, and how you cannot be a victim of this. But Karina is here from Acura to talk to us about uh, the brand new MDX, the 2022. By the way, this is the first 2022. You have stumped every other automaker, Karina, by bringing out a 2022. You should be proud of that for a start, shouldn't you? <laughs> yes, we're starting early. <laughs> you are starting early. Getting it out there. Uh, you, I, I don't think you were quite on the phone yet, but I just related that I had the most hilarious experience with this car. I drove it into Acura of Portland um, to show my friend, who is the GM there, um, James Brown. And he, it was like going back to the last day of school 1974 i pulled it into the parking lot and the doors opened and every employee ran out of the building like it was on fire it was hilarious <laughs> um they were smelling it licking it hugging it kissing it crying it was amazing as long as they were doing that to the car and not you I well guess some okay. of them did it to me but that's oh. a whole different story were you jealous and what that they were doing that to the car they did it to me too don't okay. worry that's a different story it's a whole different show <laughs> Um, by the way, so I'm a little bit annoyed about this car. Uh, are you trying to put me out of a job with this car? <laughs> it's, How so? It's, you have Amazon Alexa in here, and the car is able to review itself. So there's no need for me. Right? She's, she's just is learning so many things now. You could say, Alexa, tell me about the, you know, precision cockpit or whatever, and she will just tell you about it. So what's the point of actually having me? I mean, I'm done. I'm cooked. My goose is over. I'm out the window. Uh, she well, could I, do- think you, I think you sharing that, right, is part of uh, what, keeps, what keeps you going is now that you, you get to share what, all the great things that she's doing. Well, yeah, but then she can share all the great things that she's doing. Uh, as soon as she can tell you about the exterior design and the driving performance, I'm finished. <laughs> she's, she's, I'm out. Uh, let's talk about history. Let's start at history. Uh, first of all, best, uh, best-selling uh, third-row premium SUV in America. 
Did I get that part right? Yep. Best street selling luxury SUV and uh, in, been around for 20 years now, which is um, really fun, I think, to look at the history and how far we've come and kind of how we started out one of the first in this segment that's so popular now. Uh, I do think that that is quite an award, just to the fact that you've held the crown for so long, that it's so popular. And the 2022 doesn't disappoint. I mean, it really, you really did a good job. And I noticed a lot of things about this vehicle. Uh, first of all, everything got a little bit thinner and more muscular. Uh, the headlights, definitely because of technology, got slimmer. There is a lot more body lines to the vehicle. It just got very fashionable. When a lot of automakers are taking away lines and making things a lot more simple, and I would say in some cases boring, yeah, you definitely agree. didn't make the MDX more boring. It got a little bit more beefy and definitely more shapely. Yeah, and that, that's been a direction for the brand um, that we've been following for the last few years. When, when we revealed the position concept um, a few years ago, at the Detroit Auto Show, you've seen uh, the cadence now of uh, RDX was the first to, to take that design language and it has same thing, more character lines, a little bit more muscularness to it. Um, TLX in the fall, same following the same cadence. And now with MDX, yeah, it has more, a little bit more of an aggressive look, more character lines that really give it some character and shape and lower stands, wider stands. Um, so that when you look at it, you're like, huh, like that's maybe not, it's, it's still familiar, right? To what an MDX looks like, but it's got, it's got a little bit more oomph to it. Um, yeah. and it's, and it's coming from that precision concept, uh, design language that's, that's defining a bit more of who Acura's premium performance and, and, uh, just taking that into putting it into real life. Are we out of embargo now? Yes, we are. Okay. Super handling all-wheel drive, amazing. 10-speed automatic transmission, amazing. 20-inch wheels make it handle like a dream. And this starts at a reasonable $46,000. Yep. Starting at $46,900, um, and then it tops out at $60,000 um, if you want to get all the all the bits and pieces that, that it comes with. Um, so it's, it's really set itself up for... Um, to compete in the market, right? And, and we've been competing in it. Like I said, we've been the best selling for the last, uh, for some, you know, best selling three wheel luxury SUV. Um, we've sold over a million of them. So it's it's really taking a, a winning formula that has worked so well for us in the last 20 years and adding to that, right? How do you make it better and give the customers what they want? And um, and staying within this price, you know, staying at this price right. point, I think it, it gets a lot of neat extras that, that communicate that. Last question for you. When can we go to a dealer and test drive them? This Tuesday, February second. Oh. They'll be oh. at the dealers and ready to ready to be in your, your driveway if that's what you want. Um, it's it's go time for them BX and we're super, super excited for it. I will tell you, uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have a couple days with it. Uh, it'll be another pleasure for me when you uh, get me into one for a whole week because it was nothing short of a dream. And I think you guys absolutely did a brilliant job of the redesign. I think it was a long time coming. Um, I think we had to wait a long time, but that 290 horsepower and the V6 across every single model brand was absolutely amazing. So uh, well done. You did an amazing job, and I can't wait for people to test drive it and agree with me too. Uh, I, I will say thank you for, again, 
again, giving up some of your time, Karina. It's really good to have you on the show. And the Alexa, a stroke of genius embedded in the car now. Go test drive the brand new Acura MDX, best-selling three-row SUV in America in the luxury department. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. She's joined us before to talk about Mercedes-Benz, and she joins us again today. Uh, Kerry Richardson is from AMG. She is the product manager, and uh, I want to talk today, Kerry, if it's okay, about the AMG GLE 53 formatic SUV. Um, This is the sort of dream SUV for many families, Uh, ridiculously fast, pleasurably uh, exciting to drive on the roads. Uh, Is this the best-selling AMG that you have for the SUV lineup, I would say? Yes, actually it is. Um, (laughs) It's one of my absolute favorite models. Um, So the GLE 53 Coupe, um, it has a sporty coupe design, powerful performance, and of course our capable, strong off-road ability. So uh, it's one of my absolute favorite models, and I'm glad you have a chance to be in it right now. (laughs) Please don't tell anybody, but the Coupe is my favorite (laughs) of all SUVs ever, dot com. Uh, it's it's so beautiful that any time I go anywhere that I know there's, uh, you know, I, for instance, to a different city, especially Atlanta or somewhere like that, and I sort of get a fleet car out of the fleet to test drive to do a story on, and they send me a list of what's available. If there is a GLE Coupe available, I'm like, yes, please. Because <laughs> it, it's just, it's exciting. I'm a Coupe fan. Do you find that people are either Coupe or not Coupe fans? There's nobody that says, oh, I could have either. They're usually a fan or not, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, the coupe has a little bit more personality. It's more of a niche model. So people who go for the coupe are kind of, you know, a little bolder. Um, both of them perform extremely well. Um, but I think the coupe is a little bit more of a personality car, while the SUV might be more functionality. You can always tell those people that uh, drive the coupe because they have, like, the salmon-colored pants on, don't they? And the ascots. Exactly. Yeah, ascots. <laughs> and the lime sa- green shirt. Yeah, lime green shirt, salmon color pants, uh, sandrels, those kind of guys. And I yeah. thought you say coupe. Well, you do say coupe if you're in Europe because uh, people don't understand. But in America, you have to tone your language because otherwise the natives don't understand you. Trust that's me, it works. It's, it's, you still surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> get, that's a good thing once in a while. Uh, for, for 2021, the, uh, the vehicle, does it have any new changes for this year? Yeah, of course. So the GLE Coupe uh, Model Year 21 is um, the new generation of our Coupe SUV. So a lot of changes went into there. Um, We have a a bunch of um, new and amazing standard equipment with the model. And um, so, of course, we have the AMG Enhanced 3 Liter Inline 6, which is different from the previous generation. We also have a hybridized function with the EQ Boost. So that adds an additional 21 horsepower. Um, on top of the 429 and an additional 184 pound-feet of torque on top of the 384 that's already there. So um, it also comes with AMG Ride Control, which is our um, air-based suspension. And it also comes with the Dynamic Select system that we all know and love that allows you to choose between slippery, comfort, sport, 
Sport Plus um, individual. And then additionally for this new generation, we have Trail and Sand, which are our two new off-road um, options. Now, does anybody ever buy this vehicle because it dances? <laughs> no, they don't. Well, I would. I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> it, uh, so, I mean, how would you explain this to somebody? I mean, I could explain it. I mean, it dances, right? I mean, I, and I have to say, I was, I was down in Orange County the other day, and it, uh, I, I have uh, a vehicle that does the same thing. I had a four-year-old in it, and I made the vehicle dance, and the four-year-old was just nothing but screaming in the back. Thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> That's one of the, the highlight features um, of the SUV lineup. Uh, fortunately for the, the AMGs, our, our standard suspension, um, the ride control doesn't have the, um, the adaptive. It's called the ABC, so the active body control that the MB models have. But right. um, So that's, that's one of the cool features that they get um, over the AMG model. <laughs> <sighs> and four-year-olds love it. <laughs> yes, they do love it. They do love it. It is a, it is a great thing to have. Um, Zero to 60 is at 5.2? Yes, 0 to 60 is in 5.2. Which is ridiculous. Um, I mean, who needs to go 5.2? I guess you're doing an on-ramp. I guess you're doing an on-ramp. <laughs> you could. You know, it's a, it's a coupe model. It's a 40 SUV. You know, we like to test our limits over here at AMG. Um, the top speed is 155 on 21-inch uh, standard wheels. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty capable vehicle. What's been your favorite feature so far? Um, I think, well, here's the thing is I think it's great. It's because every mom wants this, right? You yeah, have I do. The, you have the AMG uh, track pace. I mean, who doesn't need the track pace? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all those times that you're taking it over to Laguna Seca, <laughs> you can definitely. <laughs> I mean, I just like to outpace other, I like to outpace other people on the freeway, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a nice little feature. We have great options. You have drag racing, track racing. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like that? I know, right? This this Uh, should be a standard feature. Can you make it, can you detach it into two-wheel drive? Um, Unfortunately not. Um, It does have um, the the all-wheel drive can basically send all of the, the torque to the appropriate wheels. Right. So you can't make it fully two-wheel drive, um, but the, the torque does go to whichever wheels needed at the time. See, it's doesn't, it doesn't help me very much when I want to film um, burnouts and uh, I want to drift it. <laughs> so if you could do that in the next vehicle, so when I want to do smoky burnouts and drifts, just it really helps for the camera. Just the, saying. Do the track pace. I'll work yeah. on that. Yeah, okay. I'll work Good. on that. In the meantime, to keep you... To, you know, help you out a little bit. Um, you should definitely activate those massage features in oh. the multi-contour seats. I think that uh, might I ne- hold you over for. I little. never turn them off, and I have to say, your massage <laughs> seats are some of the roughest in the business, and I like it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah, you can control the, um, I guess, the depth of massage that you receive. Oh, I just like to call <laughs> you. Your, you, your you, can, you can control the the roughness. The Germans know how to do it. I'm just telling you. They can control the uh, the They're depth of the depth of the yes. Their massaging is its finest engineering. Um, starting price. Starting price is seventy six five, um, and that includes all of that amazing standard equipment that I mentioned before. Yeah, including roughness of a massage. I'm just telling you, it's absolutely <laughs> it's 
You can't get a rougher massage than than a Mercedes AMG GLE 53. <laughs> uh, Carrie, always a dream to have you on the show. It's uh, it's really a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Talking about the AMG GLE 53. We've got more Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. All right, well, over 10,000 people download Our Auto Expert podcast. Many also stream Our Auto Expert uh, podcast. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora app, Deezer, Podbean, and CastBox. Also, OurAutoExpert.com and, of course, Apple iPods. Hours of happy fun await you. Uh, I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans uh, join Our Auto Expert very, very regularly. In fact, every day. Uh, to get their automotive news. Uh, interesting enough, did you see the, the news about GM uh, by 2035 saying that they are no longer going to produce any gas cars mm. or, or diesel vehicles? Do you do you care? Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't care why. I. Do you know why I don't care? Ask me. Nick, why don't you care? Why don't you care? Because I'll be dead. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, well. Nah. Yeah, well. 35 years? I, I'll probably die in some fiery crash somewhere. I highly doubt that. You'll mm-hmm. probably have this, like, souped-up, like, wheelchair <laughs> running around. I'll like, be in a wheelchair. Yeah, in, racing in the cones. In 15 years. And, yeah. Right, racing cones. It'll be a V8 wheelchair, probably. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or a marquee wheelchair. Stripes. Or, be, stripes um, or flames. Ooh, that's a tough one on my wheelchair. Uh, it'll be flames. Yeah, it'll be flames. flames. Yeah, yeah I'm flames. Of course. Do you know, uh, I noticed uh, when they were looking at redesigns for the Portland uh, police uh, police cars, mm-hmm. one of the designs was flames down the side of the car. <laughs> I so wish, I wish, I wish, I wish they'd done that. Yeah. That would have made them the coolest police department in the whole United States. Okay, now here's the second question. What, what color flames? Uh, orange. Is that what you want? Well, what color would you have? Oh, I would have like blue or green or yeah the blue like where it goes dark blue and then it goes out fades to white oh, oh heck yeah that flames beautiful. are orange Depends. flames are oh do you have blue yeah blue and orange Jordan has blue flames down his arm yeah. oh we, oh you do you already yeah. got the flames yeah very cool because his See? arms are on fire just depends upon what you're burning you know what great color. balls of fire down his arms. <laughs> Uh, fire's orange. I mean, gas fire is blue. Right. If it's gas. Yes. But gas meaning natural gas, not gasoline. Gasoline I'm, burns burns orange. I'm just telling you. Have you ever seen a gasoline fire burn blue? No. At the very tip. Natural. Na- oh, natural blue. gas burns blue. No, but it, usually like it'll flicker blue. At the you top. don't see the whole flame doesn't burn blue. I didn't say that. Have you that. ever seen a drag car that? burn blue flame unless Did it has I nitrous say in that? it? No. Okay then. Flame burns orange, and police cars should have orange on the ba- on the side. That's so cool. I it mean, is it's cool. probably completely politically incorrect In to have so many levels orange flames on the side of a police car, mm-hmm. but it's cool. Mm-hmm. Reflective flames. <laughs> Reflective. So How would that them. work? So you can see them at night. <laughs> I don't think police. Yeah, well, police cars have lights for that. Well, they also. Ooh, have wouldn't ref- it be funny if their lights were flaming? <laughs> Well, Do you want to hear my in my town, the police is uh, reflective. Do you want to hear my favorite joke? Oh, boy. Can we say it on the air? No, we can't. 
I was uh, coming home from the pub the other night with some guys in the back, and I said, hey, is that a blue flashing light behind me? And he went, uh, sorry, I was coming home. I'll start again. I was going to say I COVID, yeah. No, no, stop. I'm coming <laughs> home from the car the other night with some guys. I says, is that a blue light behind me? And he goes, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Get God, it? Yes. Okay. That was a really good joke. All right. Uh, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, my buddy Carl, who's uh, an anchor for Fox in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, uh, came to me wanting to buy a new vehicle. Because, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally I advise people, and occasionally I get it right. And uh, he said it was time, um, and we've helped him buy a new vehicle, but I'm not going to tell the whole story without Carl present. Yeah. So we invited him on the show to uh, to help us navigate this story. So, Carl, you uh, you had a minivan for most of your adult life, haven't you? Well, and going back to my teenage life as well, Nick. Great to be <laughs> on with you. And I was laughing at the yes-no joke while, uh, while I was being looped in here. So I at least appreciated that. Maybe that's because of a dad. By the way, I, I have a quiz for you uh, because I, I've pulled up this interesting quiz that says it's time in your life to have a minivan. Um, and some of the, uh, the questions were, which you've had a minivan, minivan most of your life. And I, I was giggling at some of the questions because it says you should get a minivan if you don't care about being cool. <laughs> that was question number one. <laughs> Man, they just twist the knife right off the bat. Wow. I, I think he's pretty cool since he's on Fox the, 6, right? Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. How did you end up with a minivan in the first place? A very simple reason, Nick. Uh, my mom had it, and I inherited it from her. So I've driven two cars in my life. They've both been blue minivans, starting when I was 15 and some change, getting my learner's permit. Right. I inherited a Dodge Caravan from 1994 that right. my mom was ready to move on from. And then eventually down the road, they, of course, upgraded to another blue minivan. So I inherited that one when they uh, ended up moving overseas. So it's a pretty simple answer, and I've been driving them since I was Sixteen and got my license. I know when we talked early on, when your minivan and it was a Toyota Sienna, when your minivan was still yep. in fairly good nick, and you were driving around and there was nothing wrong with it, uh, you, and you told me, like, listen, we are the cool couple because all of our buddies from college pile in the back of our minivan, and we are the designated drivers when we go out. We're like the party bus, and we take everybody. So that was kind of your excuse then, right? Uh, it's you, honestly to. To take the question from the quiz, like, yes, I know some people think they're uh, they're kind of settling when they switch to a minivan later in life, but at least starting with a minivan in college and high school and throughout uh, the early part of my working life, I think there is a cool factor to it because you load up an entire group of your friends for a night out on the town or a road trip somewhere for a weekend or a wedding getaway or something like that. And it's pretty fun when you're rocking and rolling with the full van. And then, and then tragedy struck. Uh, you know, your minivan took is taking quite a battering. I mean, you did a great story on this. How many miles did you have on it? So it's up around 213,000 now. All right. And then, unfortunately, it, it's been great. No problems whatsoever. It's been a, a beautiful car. And you know better than me that Toyota's really run quite, quite well. Unfortunately, I offered to drive my friend around for his birthday. I was going to be feel free for the night so he could, you know, have whatever fun he wanted. And we get to uh, our post-dinner destination. I'm trying to find a parking spot while he heads inside. And I pull over for a second. And all of a sudden, this guy walks up next to my door and says, Hey, 
it looks like a murder scene out here. <laughs> and I came outside, and there's just a pool of transmission fluid oh. coming out of the bottom of my car. Oh. It ended up not being the transmission. It was a connector or something with the radiator, but ended up being enough of a, a, a kick in the rear end that it was about time for us to finally say goodbye. Uh, you did patch it up, though, and you sort of kept it going. Um, and I'm the... actually sitting in it right now in the garage. Oh. Just picked up some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so sort of fast forwarding, we talked about a lot of vehicles that you could get into. Um, and, you know, you talked about an SUV, a small SUV. We went through a whole list of vehicles. Um, and, and you really were, you were looking, you have a, you have a young daughter. So you wanted something that was fairly kid friendly. Um, you wanted room to grow. I mean, this may not, you may not be stopping with one kid, right? You may be getting a, a bigger family. Um, so yeah, you, want, you wanted the option. Yeah, you wanted the option to be able to grow. And, and plus, you don't want to sort of say it's the end of friendom. You want to be able to have your friends, you know, you still want to be able to be the tour bus, I guess. Absolutely. Right. And so, so we ended up kind of settling between uh, looking at those midsize SUVs and then potentially another, another minivan. And that's kind of where we settled. We do a lot of road trips, whether it's to see my wife's family down in Chicago or around with our friends in Wisconsin and whatnot. So we wanted the space, obviously, for family uh, accommodations down the road as well. And then it was kind of the decision which avenue we go from there. Yeah, we surprised you with a, with a minivan test drive for a week. And lo and behold, you're back in the minivan business. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out I can't quit this. <laughs> it's an addiction. I, I was pretty set on, uh, to take you through kind of my process, I was pretty set on maybe switching to an SUV, figuring, you know, I've driven a minivan my whole life, maybe it's time for a change. I was maybe looking at a Kia Telluride, which is, of course, a great car and very well-reviewed and everything like that. And then you show up with this beautiful top-of-the-line Chrysler Pacifica, and it's oh. basically like sitting, as you described it, it's like sitting in a European luxury car, except yep. you've got all the benefits of the Mazda. Did you yep. get the refrigerator? No, it doesn't have one. This it has one a vacuum. doesn't have the fridge. Oh. Yeah, yeah. this gorgeous moonroof, too. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, so it was built yesterday, is that right? Yeah, I think this week, uh, a couple of days ago at this yeah. point. So cool. he's uh, he's eagerly awaiting it. Oh. So did you make a do you make a did... good choice? I think so. Yeah, I think we're going to be very happy. Uh, so this car that I'm currently sitting in is from 2006. So no matter what, automotive technology has come quite a ways in 15 years. But all the different features and the, the bells and whistles that come with these new cars is just going to be exciting. It's been harder and harder to get in my current car in a cold Wisconsin morning. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm excited because you've got a plug-in hybrid as well. But the proof of the pudding, yeah. Carl, the proof of the pudding is, will I still be welcome in the back parking lot of Fox 6 in the next couple years? Will find out if i get invitations back to be on tv and fox six in milwaukee because if i am if i'm not invited back carl's gonna go you made a bad choice for me (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because you've had me uh, on your previous visits out here you're fantastic so you bring like Bentleys and rolls royce and all these amazing cars and then obviously some more practical ones as well so somehow i still have real committee events so what color is it did you get with it's blue? blue. Yay! <laughs> Good job. I, I had a, a I had a number of friends reach out because I posted some pictures of um, 
the rental or the test drive car that Nick arranged, and it was red, and it was a beautiful color. It was red, but my friends were very concerned that it was not a blue minivan. I had to assure them that, don't worry, the one we're actually getting is still blue. Hey, blue. That's my favorite color, too. Carl, listen, congratulations on a brand-new Chrysler Pacifica minivan. All the guys at... uh Tries uh, are very excited for you. I'm very excited for you, and we'll we'll catch up and find out how how you enjoyed it. All right, more our auto expert on the way. You're listening to our auto expert. This is our auto expert radio show. Our auto experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert, Our Auto Experts, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Of course, our driveway is always full of really cool cars that we're test driving. I have uh, been excited to test drive the brand new Subaru Crosstrek for 2021. Newly available with a 2.5 litre engine and some major updates across the model line. 182 horsepower now standard on the Sport and the limited trim levels. A new Sport trim comes equipped with a dual function X mode, unique exterior and interior accents and exclusive uh, StarTech upholstery, which is standard eyesight, is also included in this vehicle. Driver assist technology a CVT equipped models uh, have those and now equipped with the advanced adaptive cruise control and lane centering. Uh, that is what it has in it as standard feature as well. 2.5 litre four cylinder uh, out of that Subaru Boxer engine. It's off I never can say this. It's always a hard word for me to get out. Sequentially. Sequentially? Sequentially. Is that sequentially? I always have that trouble. Sequentially. Is there words that you can't say? Yeah. What words can't you say? I know I can't. There's one word I can't spell. Oh, no. What you you can say? Escape? Xscape, you call it. Xscape. It's Xscape. No, it's escape. That's how I say it. Xscape, you yeah. say. And it's you say escape. funny words too. I do. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> do you want me to start? Yeah. Where's your list? No. Where's your list of funny words? No. I say. Sequentially. Sequentially. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, performance boost over a two-liter engine. It's uh, it's gone up now. Uh, the base and the premium trim levels uh, has a limited trim. Also, it adds a 2.5-liter engine for the 2021 model year. Uh, it will arrive in retailers later this summer. I've been test driving this Crosstrek. Uh, all models are now equipped with the standard Su- Subaru symmetrical all-wheel drive and active torque vectoring. It also has an advanced uh, advanced systems in. It as well i really like their new engine because one of the things i didn't like about this vehicle was the fact that i felt it was a little underpowered it was perfect on the uh, durability it was perfect on absolutely everything but when you just had to do that freeway on ramp mm-hmm. or you had to get away from a light or you had, or to, you had overtake... to run away from police no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well that's a I'm gen kidding. job you said that's a gen job <laughs> You were the one that had a police encounters this week. That's a Jen job, uh, not a Nick job. Uh, and so I just never could overtake anybody quite as fast as I wanted to. Plus, you know, zero to 60 is all about me and uh, track performance uh, and those sort of things. Uh-huh. Why are you? Why are you uh, I'm just uh, listening to you. Are you? Yeah. Mine is zero to 70 because um, thank goodness for Washington. Yes. They have yes. 70 mile an hour freeways. <laughs> it's like you yeah. get on that off ramp, it's like, go. Anyway, sorry. Is it? In your diesel? 
I don't have diesel. I no, hate no, you diesel. Don't. You always think that. Diesel Jan, I want to call you. No. Uh, Please <laughs> all, all cross-track models are equipped <laughs> as a standard with the Subaru symmetrical all-wheel drive and the active torque vectoring, as we said. Uh, they have the redesigned front bumper for this year, new design fog lights, uh, inserted covers now on the base trim, the fog lights covers uh, on all trim levels, plus a new design of the front grille and, and detailed specifications on each trim level. And... And it comes in a six-speed manual. Okay. Being only four <laughs> foot one, do you have a hard Four foot one? Yeah. I think I'm a little taller than that. Being only Thank four you. foot two, oh, do you have... You said a little taller. <laughs> Anyways, what's your point? Four foot three? Four foot 11 and three quarters. <laughs> How I, old are you? I'm three and three quarters. <laughs> hey, that, that counts. It counts. I'm almost a five foot. Being four foot 11 and three quarters. <laughs> you're, so, you're so not going to escape this one. Being four foot 11 and three quarters. Do you find it hard to get your foot all the way down on a clutch when you need to change gear? No. Uh, four foot, 11 and three quarters. Not in my Camaro. <laughs> Not in my Camaro. But what about in the Subaru Crosstrek being four foot, 11 and three quarters? I haven't driven the Subaru <laughs> Crosstrek this year. Manual. I haven't driven it this year. Do you have trouble getting your foot all the way down to get the clutch all the way to the fall at four foot, 11 and three quarters? No. <laughs> Nick, and how tall are you? I'm Five foot one and a three quarters? No. I'm five foot, six foot, three quarters. In three, okay. <laughs> five foot, six foot and three quarters. Like yeah. that makes sense. That's an English thing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I don't want to know. It translates to taller than four foot, 11 and three quarters. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I love my height. I'm taller than Kyle the racer. That's all you need to know. Oh, yeah. He's taller than me. <laughs> I'm taller than four foot, 11 and three quarters. My so. niece is taller than me. Everybody's taller than me. It's okay. Everybody? Per, well, most people, yes. Four foot, 11 and three quarters. Yeah. All right. I've also been driving the <laughs> Lexus UX, which if you stand next to it, is taller than four foot, 11 and three quarters, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very nice car. Um, it comes in uh, a very nice red color, which is called red four foot, 11 and three quarters. It is not. It is. No. It comes in a red F Sport Stop. color. Uh, it's called uh, four foot, 11 and three quarters red. <laughs> I don't and think Lex is going to appreciate that. What? They, they're probably thinking they're like eight foot tall red, you know, like I'm no, large. It's called and four foot 11 and three quarters red. <laughs> uh, they put in, in the F Sport, it's really not, $32,000 for an entry level Lexus uh, SUV. And it makes a really nice sound. But it doesn't come in a manual, so you wouldn't have to get your four foot 11 and three quarters <laughs> leg on the floor to change uh, to, to for the. Uh, clutch to change gears. You know, I'm just so in love with the 500 versus the UX. Five foot? 500 Lexus LS. 500? LS is the big sedan that doesn't yeah. come in a manual, so you wouldn't have to change doesn't gears exactly. even though you're four foot 11 and three quarters. I like that one. Or the, or the F one. <laughs> She's just ignoring the me F now, one, Jordan. The F Sport. She's done with the four foot have 11 and three quarters. Have you driven the F Sport, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to talk over you oh, now because I don't want to hear so how fast. tall I am at four foot 11 and three quarters. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, let's not talk about four foot eleven and three quarters anymore. 
can this break be over now, please? She's exactly. Going, can, when is commercial break? Can I go home now, please? <laughs> Four foot eleven and three quarters. Oh, Jordan says no commercials for a while. I'm stuck um, with you. They, the UX, <laughs> awesome vehicle, starts at uh, thirty-two thousand nine hundred dollars. If you want to go to the F Sport, thirty-four thousand nine hundred dollars for the two hundred. Uh, for the luxury trim, up to thirty-seven thousand six hundred dollars. Uh, for the hybrid, thirty-five thousand one hundred dollars. Which you know, you're getting into good Lexus territory oh, here. Oh yeah. Um, I actually enjoy this vehicle. I enjoy the sound it makes now. I know you do. Um, I well, you said you like the sound too. Yeah, I like the sound of the vehicle. Not still Nick, to come on the show. Check this out. Still to come on the show. We will name all the race car drivers, taller than four foot, eleven and three quarters. Plus, John Quinn joining us to talk about the four series, uh, the BMW four series, which has the new grille. Which oh, and looks don't forget the Blackline Special Edition is coming for the UX. Oh, it is. It is. All right. Well, the Blackline Special Edition is coming for the UX. <laughs> uh, John Quinn joining us to talk about the BMW Four Series, uh, the M4. And uh, John uh, John Graham from Ford uh, talking about the driving skills for COVID uh, people and all the race car drivers over four foot eleven quarters. So it's coming up on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the world's car radio show. That's a throttle. We'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. Uh, pretty stimulated about the new BMW 4 Series. Uh, there is a new grill. If you've seen me tooling around the uh, the country in one of the BMW new 4 Series, you'll notice it doesn't look like anything you've seen before. I mean, sure you've cruised it on the interwebs and you've seen pictures of it uh, but it it looks quite unique quite different from any bmw before um, maybe you love it maybe you're a bit bamboozled by the new design but to talk about the new bmw 4 series joining us on the phone john quinn from bmw who's the product manager for the brand john let me ask you how has the new grill been received on the 4 series so far, the grill's been received pretty well. Um, this is one of the, the things about the 4 Series that's a bit unique. Um, this is definitely um, a, a new design language for us. Um, and it's actually not entirely new for the BMW brand. If you look at some of the cars um, from the, the 30s and the, and the 40s and the 50s and 60s, like even the you know 507 and the 328 back in the day, um, the vertical kidney was a, a thing back then. So you know we like to think that we're bringing it back. Um, but the car's been it, it's been selling uh, pretty well so far at dealerships, so, so we're pretty happy about that. I think it looks very, very modern. And, and don't take offense to this, because I've said this before. I do think it looks a little bit like an angry rabbit, but I do think I love it very much. And when I say that, people go, you're absolutely right. It does look a little bit like an angry rabbit if you see the headlights as the eyes mm -hmm. and the kidney grill as maybe the teeth. But I think it makes, I, and I had a 2 Series at the same time as having the 4 Series, the last, the 2022 Series. And if you put them together, it makes it look so much elevated Larger. in time. Yeah, it just looks so much more modern. Mm -hmm. And then I, I had a hard time getting back into the 228 because the 4 Series looks so much newer. And it grows on you. It's it like does. You, the more I look at it, the more I start to like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I was. Yeah, another, that's what. Go on. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we've seen so far with customers, and, and not only on the 4 Series, but also the M3 and the M4 and a couple of other future cars that we've um, communicated already. Uh, it's one of those things that once you see it in, in person, um, it really does grow on you. I think you're, you're spot on with that, with that observation. 
I uh, have a story coming out tomorrow morning, Monday morning, Monday morning, uh, which is going to run on uh, a whole bunch of Fox stations, which is what are automakers deleting out of vehicles? And it's a bit of a, a, a play on words, but one of the things that automakers are deleting, and BMW has been a, way ahead of the curve on this, is gauges so and buttons. So BMW has been way ahead of the, uh, the curve on this. They deleted gauges quite a long time ago, uh, and the 4 Series is no, ex, you know, no exception to this whatsoever. Gauges are long since gone in the 4 Series, and it's screens is the big thing. Uh, above the steering wheel, those gauges are gone. Screens are, are really what gives all the driver their information, right? Exactly. And I think there, there are a couple of benefits to screens, too. Um, of course, you know, a lot of customers do like the analog style gauges. And, and there is something to be said for the you know, classic design, especially of the, the traditional BMW orange gauges over the years. Um, but we think that with the, the new design, um, it does a really good job of, of not only showing you the you know, speed that you're going and the basic driving information like the, the RPMs at the current moment. Um, but with all the new driving technology and the safety technology, we have to be able to communicate with the driver in a way that, is informative but not distracting um, and, and that's one of the the key topics with these these new screens is you know how do we um, you know keep them as informative as possible but also from a safety perspective not make them distracting and make you want to watch the screen as opposed to watching the road um, and i can i can assure you that we have hours and hours of meetings um, with our development colleagues on, on the current screens and also on the future screens to make sure that we get them right um, and with regard to the buttons same kind of concept here. Um, we do know that customers uh, like certain hard keys. For example, the, the volume control um, and some of the, the radio presets, even for an example, um, are keys that the customers uh, can easily reach to without having to look down and, and they know where they are automatically. Um, but, you know, there are uh, features that are being removed uh, in terms of buttons from the car because they can be integrated either onto the main touchscreen in a better way, in a, in a you know, more easily accessible way, uh, but also with new technologies from voice command. And that's what we're seeing. Um, that technology is, continues to improve. Uh, we're seeing more um, you know, voice command for, for basic features in the car. But, but at the same time, with over-the-air updates, these screens can be updated all the time. So you can actually still have your gauges, but they, they're, they're as part of the screen. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're digital gauges in the screen. And because you can update everything over the air in the future, you're able to sort of update all those things. And the great thing about BMW, you've always had your set buttons there, and you can program those buttons to whatever you want them to. I mean, in my, in my vehicle, in my X6M, I can push the button and program it to whatever I want it to. To do and that's absolutely perfect because you know my button number one is BBC World Service my button number two does this my button number three that's the beauty of it you can self-program these buttons and you know you don't have to interact by pushing the screen or, or pushing a button you also have the iDrive and the iDrive in the 4 Series has been updated as well right exactly yeah and, and it's the, those hotkeys are actually not just for, for radial presets and that's actually a surprising delight feature um, when I talk with our customers, and then, you know, a lot of times they don't realize that they can program either a radio station or they can program um, a hotkey to get to the audio settings if they have multiple drivers in the car. Right. But it's a really great feature um, to, to have, and, and a lot of times customers want to realize that they have that in their BMWs. It's all touch as well. Uh, but the 4 Series has all the newest technology um, that BMW has to offer, um, the nice big screens, uh, those hotkeys like you mentioned. So, so we're really excited to finally you know, see these cars um, get into the hands of customers, and, and we're looking forward to seeing um, or hearing about 
the the driving experience as well from the customers. I think one of the things that the three German automakers have always sort of had, you know, Audi was always seen as the as a technology company, and and BMW was always seen as the performance company, and Mercedes was always seen as the luxury company, and now it BMW is seen as the performance company and the technology company and the luxury company, and you outsold every other German manufacturer as being the number one last year, um, you know, and you maintain that crowd that 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 crowd for last year uh, and all this new and then on top of that you've got incredible performance in the m3 and the m4 it's just surpassed everything and now you just introduced the m5 cs so your performance crown is still is still there and i keep seeing like now the most powerful you know m car that you've ever had and this m3 m4 is just outstanding as well yeah, it's been a really busy year on the product side at BMW, um, and even the past couple of years, um, you know, with our entirely re- uh, you know refreshed lineup across the board, um, everything from the X7 that's selling fantastic um, to an X3 to an X5. Of course, the you know the SUVs or the SAVs as we call them um, are doing great, but even you know things like the the three series, like the, tr- the traditional sedan segment. Um, is you know uh, you know benefiting from the loyal fan base that we have, um, and and I'm really excited to finally be able to launch the M3 and the M4 um, in in March of this year. And this is a project that's been near and dear to my heart for for quite some time now. Uh, and I'm really excited to have people like you um, and also future customers begin to drive these cars to to really see the uh, you know just incredible driving experience that they provide. I think one of the things that so many customers miss is there's just so much in these cars. One of the things that just makes me giggle each time. I had an auto journalist at my house that had a had a three series, and uh, I said, "Have you tried the reverse feature in this?" And he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Oh, let me show you." And so he'd driven into my driveway, and I said, "Do you mind if I hop in the driver's seat?" And he goes, "No." And I and I put you know i started the car and i hit the the feature and the car automatically backed out 150 feet the way it came in without me touching the steering wheel just using the brake and he's like how how did you do that and i said it's a feature in the car and he's like reverse back what it does that you know there's just so much he hadn't so, even get he hadn't even got there so you're saying they need training tutorials online <laughs> yeah, on how to use your it's too vehicle. much there's <laughs> just too much <laughs> i get it how does that feature yeah, work but- yeah, the cars are packed with a lot of technology, you know, similar to the hotkey um, that, you know, sometimes customers don't even realize that their cars have these features. Um, and so, so this feature works by actually remembering the last 160 feet that you drive um, forward. And it will, if you activate the feature um, on your iDrive screen, uh, it will actually direct the car backwards for you automatically. So it will remember every uh, small uh, steering input that you make um, to you know, safely direct you back in the same direction. And, and the way I kind of like to you know, give an example to people, you know, say you're driving down um, either an alleyway or like a, you know, uh, a wood-lined forest and on the side with lots of tall trees and it's dark and you can't really see, um, and then you realize that there's either a tree down in front of you or there's a dumpster or a car there um, that you can't get around. And backing up would be very challenging, even with um, the, you know, the very clear and, and precise backup cameras that we have. And this feature will actually, you know, back you up. And uh, I would really suggest to have um, just a quick look on YouTube because um, that really will do the, the, the best justice in describing how the feature works. But it's really great. Um, and it really comes in handy, I got to say, from personal experience um, when you get in situations where you, uh, you know, least expect to be, uh, but you need, you need to get out of a, a tight spot very quickly and safely. 
It, it's amazing piece of technology. John, uh, when does the 4 Series go on sale and how much is the starting price? So the 4 Series Coupe is actually on sale already. Um, and the 4 Series Convertible uh, is coming in March of this year. The starting price is 53100 for the 430i version, so the four-cylinder. And then the six-cylinder and the M440, uh, which is just uh, you know, quite the powerhouse, uh, is starting at 64000 Oh, John, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have many more, I'm sure, dates to talk about uh, BMW product. I'm super impressed. I love the grill. I love the car. Um, the luxury, which we didn't even get to, is absolutely outstanding. And I will tell you, I took my parents for a drive in the back of the 7 Series recently and uh, was asking them a bunch of questions as they sat in the back and was getting no response and uh, turned around. They are 78 years of age. Noticed they were both fast asleep, which was I had to take pictures and post them. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Uh, John Quinn from BMW. He's a product manager there talking about the, uh, the 4 Series. Go test drive one. It's definitely a great piece of machinery. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside the car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Um, you do have a lisp when you say your height. Do you know that? No, I do not. You do? No. Say your height. Say well, it. Four foot 11. And? Three quarters. Three quarters. I did not say that. Three quarters. <laughs> Three quarters. I always feel like you say it like a kid would say there, you know, Mom, I'm free and free quarters. No, the cool thing is, though, is I can cool say. Thing. Cool thing. Cool thing. Shut up. <laughs> I am four foot 11 and free quarters. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dreams have come true. My dreams have come true. Is that all it takes? No. I am four foot 11 and free quarters. Hi, my name is Nick Miles. <laughs> <laughs> See, the real Jen is coming out now. <laughs> right? The angry Jen. Two million Americans listen to me every day. Do they? Because I'm so cool. Because you're four foot 11 and three quarters. Because you're so cool. Because <laughs> I'm four foot 11 and three quarters. Uh, <sighs> welcome to our auto expert. <coughs> I have to get all serious now. Talk about a serious subject. Yes, we have a serious subject. Is, <sighs> is, the, is the serious man on the phone? No. Oh, right. he is on the phone. He all is right. ready. Right. He is not ready. All right. Here we go. Okay. So, Hold on. Serious. Um, John's flashing signals at us. I know. Did you read that? No, I didn't. I cannot read that. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a very serious subject. Uh, so uh, talking about a little bit about uh, what happens with uh, kids and uh, driving. So the uh, the Governor's Highway Safety, uh, Safety Administ uh, Association. It is uh, in partnership with uh, Ford Motor Company uh, Fund today released new reports that. Uh, hey, what? Don't ignore our guest. Oh, I'm not. Mike's on the phone waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Mike Speck right. is actually going to talk about Ford driving All right. skills. Um, hey, Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, wanted a little bit to, to talk a, a little bit about this, uh, the Governor's Highway Safety Association and talk about uh, a little bit about Ford, uh, the Ford Fund. Uh, working to uh, keep teens safe uh, through COVID driving. Now, I didn't actually know this, that uh, COVID was causing more driving problems because I thought less people were on the streets during COVID. But it sounds like uh, from stats to do with the government that uh, teens are actually getting a little bit more reckless on the streets during COVID. 
So the, the data that was compiled in this report, teens in speeding, breaking the deadly cycle, that was a partnership between the Ford Motor Company Fund and the GHSA, actually looks at data from 2015 to 2019. But there is absolutely some anecdotal uh, observation that there has been increased incident of speeding in 2020 during during COVID. Although, again, this report does not address that period specifically. I know there was definitely when COVID started, uh, a lot of times people were seeing open roads and they were doing things a, a little bit more um, adventurous on the road and they were sort of getting a little bit more wild. And speeding. so we, yeah, definitely uh, speeding a lot more. But teens, teens and driving have always been a, a little bit of a problem. And I know death rates for the under 25s were always a concern on, on American roads. And Ford has taken quite a stance. I mean, you, you introduced a lot, uh, Ford introduced a lot of uh, ideas around trying to keep teens under control with uh, things like Mikey, but uh, driving skills are very important to teens, right? Absolutely. And if, if you look at the findings of the report, they're actually uh, surprising. I'm not surprising that speeding is an issue, but surprising in the prevalence of it. Uh, just in quick uh, summation, uh, the report indicates that um, in terms of teen drivers, uh, fatal crashes due to speeding, uh, males were actually uh, 30% of the time, uh, those incidents were likely to be with males as opposed to 28% with females. And in those instances, uh, the vehicle then probably uh, went through a rollover and the people driving and the passengers were not belted. The data also shows that uh, passengers in the car with a teen driver increase the risk of a vehicle crash and fatalities uh, exponentially. It's, uh, it's actually scary. It's sad, but what can we do to help? So there are a variety of ways that you can help, and the report addresses several of them. I think the critical thing here to realize is that even though as parents, and I, I have a teen driver, even though as parents, we don't always feel as though we're the number one inf influencing factor on, on our teens, we are, especially with regard to driving. So parental involvement is critical. That, that engagement is key. Even after your teen gets their license, uh, you need to still be involved. And there are a variety of matters to stay involved. One is to know the GDLs or graduated driver licensing laws in your particular state, which just address the graduated manner in which teens should learn how to drive. The rules are common sense based. based. They make a lot of sense. I can tell you right. as a teen, I really could have used those. Right. Is there, is there somewhere that a parent can go for more information, or is there a recommendation? Absolutely. So, obviously, you can go to the GHSA website, which is ghsa.org. You can also go to the Ford Driving Skills for Life website, which is drivingskillsforlife.com. And there are resources on both of those pages. Specifically, on the Driving Skills for Life website, we have an academy 
And uh, going back to the Ford Motor Company Fund, which is Ford's philanthropic arm, they provide all of this driver education free of charge. That's uh, That hopefully is something that every parent should be doing. And just to reinforce this, between 2015 and 2019, between 16 and 19 years of age, there were 11,419 teen drivers and passengers killed during that time period involving speeding crashes. So uh, if you have a teen in your family, those websites, again, we'll try and uh, make sure we get those posted out via our social media channels as well. And of course, you can listen to this show again to get all that information at ourautoexpert.com and Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you so much for being part of the show. More to come on Our Auto Experts. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert radio show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us. Just ask a car question, direct messages at our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. He joins us every week to talk about the state of the automotive industry. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and seeking alpha. Anton Warman is an independent analyst and investor. So big news out of General Motors this week. They're saying they're going to go all electric by 2035. Is it really going to happen or is there going to be significant changes by 2035? Will we all be living in heaven by that time? To answer that question, Anton Warman. So a reality, a fantasy, a goal, a reality of reaching that goal. Where do we stand, Anton? We stand precisely at the point where I stood this last New Year's Eve in which I proudly proclaimed that I have as my goal to lose 13% of my weight by year 2035. <laughs> I think that puts me on par with General Motors' uh, goal of uh, potentially not producing any non-internal combustion engine vehicles by 2035. <laughs> Conveniently, that will be a moment in time when the chief executive officer and the rest of General Motors' board, board of directors will no longer be uh, in their current position, but rather enjoying a retirement in Southern Florida. So uh, I think that um, these types of proclamations are very easy to make. They're made for two audiences. They're made for Wall Street, which has decided that electric cars are really cool and warrant extremely high and ever-increasing equity valuations. Yeah. And they are made to please Washington, D.C. with whatever the latest politically correct fad is there. So... Um, Certainly the consumer plays no part in this. The consumer isn't asking for any of the stuff, or the consumer doesn't necessarily want to hear what GM has in mind for 2035, unless, of course, GM is playing 4D chess here by telling people that in a few years from now, you might not be able to buy your regular V8 Suburban or Silverado. So, by the way, that probably means that you should go ahead and buy one right now. <laughs> so, I think that... You know, maybe they're smarter than we think. I have to tell you, from someone that's on the consumer side and gets to experiment with these consumer products and gets to drive them and, and be part of them and live with them, I've driven these cars. I've driven the Audi e-tron. I've driven the Leaf. I've driven the Bolt. I've driven... I mean, you can buy a Bolt now for $16,000 from a dealer. I mean, they're just almost giving these things away. I mean, I'm buying, all, you know, driving all these vehicles, and I've driven a Tesla, 
And I have to tell you that which one would I own? Which one do I think is, and I haven't driven an ID4, by the way, which is, the, you know, the VW version. And I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't driven the new BMW electric or I haven't driven the new Audi electric, which is coming. But, but right now, for the vehicles that are on sale right now, I have to tell you, the Mark E is the most outstanding vehicle sitting out there. And yet Ford's shares are in the toilet. That's right. So, I mean, I think the broader picture here, Nick, though, when you think about it, is that almost all new vehicles that come out are, at a minimum, very, very good. So whether we're looking at electric cars, any form of hybrid plug-in or not, or regular plain old gasoline or diesel vehicles, we get into about 100 of these a year, you and I, Nick, and I would say that probably 95% of what we get into are absolutely wonderful compared to anything that was out 10 years ago, even five years ago. So I think that the market is becoming very competitive. I think that the automakers are doing an ever-increasingly outstanding job in benchmarking their products against whatever is out there so they don't commit any footfalls with any goofy little things. I mean, of course, some goofy little things will happen, not just in the styling department, by trying some new interface that... uh, some uh, real sort of egghead type person in an office decided it was a good idea, but never was properly tested on normal human beings. So um, I think that in that context, Nick, uh, I think people are going to be very, very capable themselves of deciding what is good for their future automotive consumer habit. And that electric cars are the answer and GM uh, makes the best ones or nearly the best ones of them. They will do just fine. The problem here is, to the extent that certain products are mandated essentially by law. And that's where we get into a lot of problems in the industry. I think when I look at both of us, you know, we are, we're self-made people. We've made our own businesses. We've, we've made our own money. Um, we, we started with pretty much nothing. And, and yet we're still very savvy in what we buy. And I was very impressed with you a couple of years ago when you chose uh, the, uh, the VW, I think it was the, the Jetta as your car of the year, um, because you thought it was just for the content was the best vehicle out there. Um, and I drive all these luxury vehicles every year and I drive amazing cars and I'm lo- you know, I love having Lamborghinis in my driveway and all this sort of thing. And even though I could probably go out and buy one if I wanted, uh, I, you know, I, I look at some of these cars and I go, I would, I'm sensible. <laughs> I mean, I would go and buy some of these vehicles that are super sensible. And when you can buy a Mark E for $36,000, it, it's hard to me to strain why people go and, and buy crazy things that, you know, I'm looking at a vehicle that you could drain the gas tank in 12 minutes if you put your foot on the floor. I mean, this is, to me, it's, it's in, exhilarating and fun, and, and I could do it, and it's, it's exciting, but why would you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there are two things going on there, Nick. I think, first of all, when it comes to the electric cars, such as the Ford Mach-E, clearly this vehicle is to some extent subsidized internally by Ford because they have to sell a certain number of them, and they didn't want to have a uh, headline that read something like in the about eight or ten years ago with the Chevy Volt, where after some initial early sort of half-hearted successes, despite the fact that almost everybody who bought the car loved it, the sales just weren't there. So I think Ford wants to make sure that they don't have a a problem in the sales department for the Mach-E, but rather that they would rather make sure that uh, they sell every one they can make and lose a few thousand dollars on it. So from the consumer standpoint, you're really getting a good deal. 
The other point, Nick, in terms of the broader, just how good all the vehicles are, even down to the lower price points, you may rewind the clock on that until probably the spring of 2014 when GM had that ignition switch issue, which cost them about three or so billion dollars in various fines and settlements over the years. And what happened there was that the automakers realized that this is special for our lesser expensive vehicles. We need to make sure that we have tested them to death. We need to make sure that they have undergone so much durability testing that they become really, really good and bulletproof. And by doing that, uh, what turns out is that the cheapest cars on the market became some of the most reliable ones. And then with what we might call uh, sort of the democratization of certain amounts of technology, such as infotainment systems, where it's all outsourced to Google and Apple. Now, we all plug in our Android and Apple phones via CarPlay and Android Auto, and it just works more beautifully by far than any other embedded system that the automakers had before this time. So now we have some of the best technology and the most reliable vehicles available at roughly the low 20,000s type uh, price point. And that's really changed the equation because if you go up and spend $60,000, $80,000, what are you really getting? You're getting more horsepower, maybe some finer leathers in the interior. But at the end of the day, you're getting just as good a car for you know $22,000. Yeah, no, I, I get it. All right, let's turn our, uh, our eyes to uh, VW. They've crammed the ID3 into the uh, European car sales uh, uh, for December, uh, the, you know, the month of January, and the e-tron is out selling the, the VW ID3. I mean, the, when I read all these things about uh, car sales in Europe, it seems to be dominated by the VW group from top to bottom. Well, certainly when it comes to electrification, uh, VW is at the top of the list right now. They clearly dominated the market in Europe for uh, 2020. And if you look into 2021, everything points to their lead being extended. Really what went on here, though, is that at the very end of 2020, uh, Volkswagen really registered as many of these ID3 vehicles that they could possibly make. I don't know, by hook or by crook, they made it happen so that clearly the pipeline was drained here come January, and now they're selling the more expensive vehicles that normally sell in smaller quantities, but they just weren't pushing them as hard toward the end of 2020. And that means that a far more expensive vehicle inside the group portfolio, which is the Audi e-tron, which starts at you know twice the price of the ID3, um, is selling uh, on the order of 17 times more in some of the European countries here in the month that is just coming to an end here in January. Um, I still think that, uh, you know, VW, obviously, that didn't, didn't they just lose their place to Toyota and Toyota became the uh, number one uh, auto manufacturer? They're essentially on par with each other. They, but they were on par with each other before 2020 at about 10.6 million vehicles. And I think for uh, 2020, they were just within a rounding error away from each other at about 9.2 or 9.3 million vehicles on a global basis. So uh, they're right neck and neck. The most interesting um, dis distinction between Toyota and Volkswagen on a global basis is really when you break down who actually owns the factories. Because in Toyota's case, they own their factories around the world uh, completely, 100%. Whereas China, uh, in, in China, Volkswagen, um, of course, that's their largest market in the world. The factories that Volkswagen has in China are typically 50-50 joint ventures huh. with all of these local Chinese partners. 
So from that standpoint, the Toyota number is more quote-unquote real than the Volkswagen money, and that is wholly owned and operated every step of the way, whereas Volkswagen and its largest market are really mostly consisting of 50-50 joint ventures. So probably when we come down to it and we start looking at dollars and cents or uh, whatever we, you know, yen and uh, and whatever the uh, what Chinese currency is, I'm not sure, can't remember now, uh, what the Chinese currency is, it's, uh, you know, how much money these companies are making. Toyota's probably making more money. Yeah, traditional up. We haven't seen the 2020 results yet, but up until before the beginning of 2020, certainly Toyota was by far and away the more profitable company. That was not necessarily as a function of the Chinese uh, joint venture or lack thereof, but it certainly played a part in them. But Toyota has really consistently over the years have had a the best profitability in the business, no question about it. I mean, they're the largest and most profitable automaker out there easily. All right. Good stuff. Good to know. Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. Read the majority of the stuff at Seeking Alpha and, of course, The Street. And we're always glad to have him on the show. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 10,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream Our Auto Expert podcast. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora app, Deezer, Podbean, and CastBox, and of course the uh, Apple podcast app, OurAutoExpert.com as well. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. Uh, The Ford 2021 Bronco four-door is cheaper to lease than the two-door. Did you know that? You can get a four-door cheaper than a two-door. I think that's a slight miscalculation there by Ford. Uh, I think it's because uh, they're going to be producing a lot more four-doors, and so therefore it's going to be easier and cheaper to lease them as well. Uh, Higher asking price, yet a lower monthly payment on leasing. Uh, Folks who want to lease the new uh, Ford Bronco might be better off shopping for that four-door because currently, if I look at those lease rates now, uh, the cars directly break down the numbers uh, when we've directly broken them down it well, looks ju- like it's better to do the four-door than the two-door and usually your insurance is lower when you have a four-door versus a two-door Th- that well. that also might be part of it as well um and, and resale value is is probably mm-hmm. much better as well uh we just talked about this a little bit but vw uh move uh, over toyota or, and toyota move over vw it's very close to who is the world's number one now but anton telling us that because toyota own most of their factories and vw have to share them with the japanese that it looks very much like uh, toyota and vw neck and neck now for the world's biggest uh, maker stellantis it's really hard for me to stop calling them fca and calling them stellantis but Stellantis are now the world's fourth largest automaker. It's interesting to know who owns what brands. I know. If I tell you a brand, do you think you could tell me who owns it? I will try. Okay. Bugatti. Bugatti. Doesn't they are just they own themselves? Nope. They don't? No. Is it Renault? Nope. Try again. Who's the other big one? Um, Bugatti. Bugatti. Who owns Bugatti? <laughs> I don't. VW. They do? Yeah. Oh, that's a shocker. I didn't know that. Lamborghini. Who who owns Lamborghini? Stellantis. No. Guess what? Our guest is on here. VW. You don't want to answer any more questions. You're going to get it wrong. Uh, Okay. Okay. (coughs) Porsche. 
VW. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emily Voss joining us. She is the Public Relations Director of Carfax. Uh, there is a big misconception that odometer fraud uh, disappeared with the digital odometer. Not true. Uh, Emily, uh, sounds like odometer fraud is still big in the United States. And uh, Carfax, uh, you can help by uh, telling us that, uh, you know, using Carfax, presumably, that uh, whether your car has been a victim of odometer fraud, how do you do that? What's your secret magic at Carfax? Uh, well, good morning, guys. Um, what we do is um, we have sources, over 112,000 data sources, and we're able to look at that and look at a vehicle's history and see if there is anything suspicious that might in- indicate that there, the odometer has been manipulated. How big is, is odometer fraud in the United States? Um, it is definitely still very prevalent. A lot of people think it did disappear uh, with the digital odometers. That's not the case. Our data suggests more than 1.8 million vehicles on the road today have had their odometer rolled back, which is actually a 13% increase from what we saw in 2019. So we're really headed in the wrong direction, and it's something people need to be aware of, especially if they're used car shopping. Do you know how quickly can they actually uh, roll back an odometer? How quickly can it be changed? Is it? I know there's always those stories about with the mechanical odometer, you fix the drill to it and try and run it backwards. I know that didn't really work, but but as far as uh, for a digital one, I mean, how quickly can it be changed? It's alarming, actually, how quickly it can be done. It can be done really in a matter of a minute or two. Um, it's a matter of hooking up a tool that a conman can buy online for a couple hundred dollars to the vehicle, um, and then changing. Uh, the odometer reading, it, I've seen it done, and once they plug in the number they want to change it to, it takes about 15 to 30 seconds. So wow. it can be done very quickly and a lot of ways easier than it was with the analog odometer. And so if it has been changed, how does that affect the car? So it, if it has been changed, that, of course, impacts the value of the vehicle. So you could easily overpay for a vehicle. So say a vehicle you think has 50,000 miles on it, but truly that car has already driven 150,000 miles, that vehicle is going to have a very different value just based on that odometer reading and by thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, And not only that, but you're going to have costs down the line that you weren't expecting. So the maintenance on a vehicle with more mileage is totally different than a vehicle that you think might have 50,000 miles. Well, it has a different maintenance schedule than the vehicle with 150,000 miles. Now, are there tips for uh, used car buyers to detect odometer fraud? Yes, really the best thing is to do three things in combination. So look at that Carfax report, check the vehicle history, see if if it has been flagged for a potential rollback based on different odometer readings throughout the history of that vehicle. Also, take it to a mechanic because that independent inspection, they have the trained eye. They're going to see things you and I might not see, advanced signs of wear, maybe with the brake pads or different things that we might not notice that don't match up with that reading on the odometer. And then we also always recommend a test drive. And when you do that test drive, do your own inspection of the car. Look around. Look for signs of aging. See if, if anything's off. And when you drive the vehicle, make sure everything's working properly, the instruments, the panels inside that everything is, is working well. We see a lot of people do one or two of those things, but if you do all three, the Carfax report, the independent inspection, and also that test drive, it's your best bet at not having a surprise down the road. Where, where can people actually get more information about this? Where can they find out more and, uh, and sort of avert some of these problems? Sure. So carfax.com slash odo, O-D-O. 
we actually have a free tool on there where you can check, put in a vehicle's identification number, that VIN number, and see if we do have any sort of um, flag on that vehicle that it might have had um, an odometer manipulation. It's free. You just have to put the VIN number in on that page. There's also resources there. So the laws vary state by state. Who you report it to is maybe you think you are a victim of odometer fraud varies state by state. So you can look at different state resources on that page as well. There's also just more general overall information too. I always recommend actually getting a Carfax report when you buy a, a used car because it does help you know the history of the vehicle. And presumably to do that, you just go to Carfax and you can get all the information about how to get a report there? Yes, yeah, so you can get the report there. Um, a lot of dealers will provide them. A lot of sellers, even private sellers, will provide them. You just have to request it. Um, so just ask for that. Show me the car facts. But it, exactly what you just said. I mean, anecdotally, we hear so many stories of people who, unfortunately, something just wasn't right with the car after they bought it, and then they ran the car facts right. and saw that flag for the odometer reading. So it's it's worth. Um, the time and energy up front, including that independent inspection. So that usually runs about $100, but it is so worth it so that you don't have surprises down the road. Emily Vossel was nice to uh, get good information about buying a second-hand car, public relations director for Carfax. And by the way, do not get anything else but Carfax. There are several companies out there that pretend to be like Carfax, and people will ask you to get that report on the car. Do not do it. There are several scam companies out there. Got caught out myself by doing that. If you want to listen to this show and all the other shows that we have done, there are at least 100 podcasts online at ourautoexpert.com. Please sign up for our podcast. I will love you forever. I'll see you send you a Valentine's card coming up. Our Auto Expert, of course. The videos are online there too. And we will be back with another show next week. Love you much. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.